Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include thoughts on 2023, my interview with Jeff Allen of QB Casa on the importance of digital floor plans in the multiple listing service, and rates continued their slide. Thanks to this week's podcast sponsor, MCT, and its hedge advisory. Comprehensive capital market software and services that empower secondary marketing performance. To learn more, visit mct-trading.com. No one owns a crystal ball, and if they did, do you really think they'd spend their time telling you about the future rather than doing charity work or sitting on a beach relaxing? But owners and managers of lenders and vendors need to have a game plan for 2023, and here are some thoughts about this year. First, few expect much to change in the first quarter of 2023 versus the fourth quarter of 2022. Fannie Mae's economics team expects that the housing market activity will continue to slow down in 2023, even though mortgage rates have declined recently. Fannie expects the real gross domestic product to grow 0.4% in 2022 and drop 0.5% in 2023 a slight improvement from the previous forecasts, which predicted a 0.6% decline next year. Quote, The economy caught its breath in the second half of 2022, but that doesn't change our expectation that it will run out of air in early 2023 via a mild recession. Doug Duncan, Fannie Mae's SVP and chief economist, said in a statement. He continued, While uncertainty still exists, a growing set of signs, including an inverted yield curve, weakness in the conference board's leading economic index, and a slowdown in manufacturing activity support our ongoing contention that the economy is likely to contract next year. Real estate agents and lenders have their eyes on the housing markets around the nation. Fortunately, rates have come down, helping things. With long-term interest rates pulling back over the last month, The latest forecast projects total home sales to be 5.72 million units in 2022, up from 5.67 million in the prior forecast. But in 2023, total home sales are forecast to decrease to 4.57 million, up from 4.42 million previously projected by The Economist. And we've seen the MBA's forecast for originations around $2 trillion. Total mortgage origination activity is expected to be at $2.35 trillion in 2022, declining to $1.70 trillion in 2023, per Fannie's estimates, unchanged compared to the previous forecasts. MBA reports that our business originated $4.1 trillion in 2020 and $4.4 trillion in 2021. 2022 is down from those numbers, and 2023 is expected to be around one and a half to two-ish trillion, depending on two, depending on who you ask. Certainly less than half of 2021. Recent economic news paints a mixed picture, as economic news tends to do. House prices were flat in October, according to the FHFA House Price Index. They increased 9.8% on a year-over-year basis. Higher mortgage rates continue to put downward pressure on demand, weakening house price growth. The U.S. house price index growth decelerated as opposed to the first 12-month growth rate below 10% after 24 consecutive months of double-digit depreciation rates. The Pacific Division had the lowest year-over-year home price appreciation, while New England had the highest. But the Case-Shiller home price index fell 0.3% in October, 
and was up 9.2% on a year-over-year basis. As October 2022 marked the fourth consecutive month of declining home prices in the U.S., Still, the Census Bureau tells us that new home sales rose 5.8% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 640000 This was down about 16% compared to a year ago. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome on to the show QB Costa's Jeff Allen to talk about the importance of digital floor plans in the multiple listing service. Cubicasa, a global reaching real estate software company, has recently announced the launch of its partnership program for multiple listing services, or MLS. In today's market, agents need every tool possible to market their listings. Floor plans are consistently ranked by consumers as one of their most desired pieces of information on a listing, and Cubicasa allows anyone with a smartphone to create a digital floor plan of a property in just five minutes. And its new MLS program provides unique member benefits to agents and appraisers of participating MLSs. Cubicasa just announced the launch of its partnership program for multiple listing services, or MLS. Uh, and you announced a contract with Prime MLS, the first MLS to benefit from your new MLS program. Give us a little more detail on the on the multiple listing services thing and, and what you're doing in general there at Cubicasa. Yeah, so MLSs really are essential to organized real estate. They are the pinnacle of, you know, keeping local real estate markets organized and operating in an efficient and data-driven way. Um, and and so we we are on a mission at Kubacasa to try and change the paradigm of US real estate and get a floor plan put on every listing in the US. We've seen it happen before um, in other countries. So in markets like Australia. Uh, the UK, Finland, Sweden, places like that, you know, floor plans have become extremely ubiquitous. Like you wouldn't list your house without a floor plan in those countries. And um, we know, so we know it's possible. We know it can be done. Um, And so the MLS, because it is kind of this pinnacle of organized real estate and it kind of creates the standards and the, the best practices for agents for how to how to market listings and how to do business really is an ideal partner for us on that mission. So uh, our program, um, essentially we find MLSs who are, you know, just as uh, red pilled on the the value and and the mission of floor plans as we are, uh, and who wanna kind of take steps with us to really promote the use of floor plans and Kubikasa in particular amongst their agents um, and direct agents to kind of use it as a best practice. I mean, it really benefits buyers to have a floor plan on their listing because they can really get a sense for how they fit in a property before they view it. So it, it helps markets work better and MLSs kind of see that vision and how they can play a role in making it happen. So you mentioned this is already prevalent in other countries. And I've traveled internationally and and seen some ideas in other countries that I think are fantastic that never caught on in America. Kind of like, uh, you know, they have they have uh, foot pumps for the water in in uh, public restrooms in Italy, so you don't have to touch the handles. And and that never caught on here, but I thought that was a genius idea. What yeah. is the benefit of having these floor plans, uh, you know, become an integral part of the real estate purchase process in America? Well, first, it's about having buyers and sellers be more informed um, as they enter the decision-making process. You know, um, a lot of the real estate data that's put out there for listings uh, is very valuable. It's very helpful to consumers, but it is marketing data. 
Um, you know, the photos have specifically been taken and edited and post-processed and in some cases virtually staged uh, to look as good as possible. Uh, and the data that's been entered is is fairly trustworthy, but it's been entered in to the MLS by an interested party to the transaction, and that's the listing agent. Um, and they're not necessarily doing that in a consistent um, you know, methodology in terms of how they put in square footage or room counts or this type of information. Um, so a floor plan is this very unique digital asset that um, you really can't game. Um, so our as long as you scan the entire property, and there's no reason you wouldn't if you're a listing agent, we're going to fully represent the property, its square footage, its room counts, and its flow. Uh, the flow is kind of the the very unique part that you can only get from a floor plan. Um, you know, home layout is critical to home buyers. Like, is the house big enough to fit my furniture? Does it have that walk-in closet that I know I need? Does it, you know, are all the are all the bedrooms on one level? Um, and and that's important to me. You know, these are critical um, parts of making a decision for a buyer. And the market will work so much better if people can access that in a consistent way. It really took off in these other countries um, uh, because. Um, you know, some major institutions within those countries started to make floor plans standard in their process, so like big brokerages, real estate portals. And, um, you know, that that led consumers to start to expect to see the floor plan, right? And so when they didn't see it, they would ask questions. And so that's the kind of the level we want to get to in the U.S. is how do we get to that point where it's a certain kind of coverage that um, you know, consumers start to like expect to see it, and then that'll be the flywheel that really kicks it into gear and starts to make it more massively adopted. And you know, th- there's no better partner in helping us make that happen than the MLS, because uh, as as I mentioned, you know, they really are kind of part of enforcing standards. So, in addition to the digital floor plan, there's there's obviously other benefits the MLS program provides. Uh, to its members, whether that's agents or appraisers, you know, those those participating in the MLSs. Can you talk about some of those other benefits? One of the big benefits for affiliates of an MLS, so members being agents and appraisers, is that they will get discounted offers from Kubacasa. So because they're a member of the MLS, um, they'll get access to an MLS-sponsored free version of the product, and then they'll get dis- discounted versions of our uh, popular add-ons. So um, floor plans very typically um, include a lot of really cool visual detail on the location of the appliances, the kitchen islands, uh, the fixtures in the bathrooms, things of that nature. Um, and that's an example of uh, an add-on fee that we uh, that we charge for an additional service. And the agents and appraisers would get uh, a discounted version of that uh, of that add-on through their affiliation with the MLS. And I'd love if you could talk a little bit kind of generally here, the benefit to the the industry as, as we push forward here of digitized property information uh, and, and getting things uh, electronic and having, having electronic systems of record. Yeah, I think, I think it's something we're, we're really passionate about, you know, the entire housing and mortgage and insurance ecosystem relies on property data to make sound decisions and manage risk. And the you know major sources of property data that are out there right now are good, but flawed. So one would be um, public records data, so like government assessor data. That's used 
widely um, for things like square footage, bedrooms and bathrooms, dimensions, you know. And if you think about that data set, um, first, it's uh, very um, probably hasn't been updated in decades in most cases. Like I doubt my house was built in 1910. I doubt anybody from the city assessor's office has been inside it for 50 years. <laughs> um, and, and they don't know that I've just did an addition, right? Um, so that's that's a flaw of that one. And then additionally, you know, that's a very inconsistent data set. You don't know how from market to market, they define things like square footage or how to count certain room types. Um, and you don't even know from assessor to assessor if they're doing it in a consistent way. Um, the second data source I've already touched on, and that's MLS data, that's used widely throughout the housing ecosystem too, but it has the same limitations. Um, it's inconsistent. You don't know from agent to agent what methodology they're using for how they define things like square footage. Um, and as mentioned earlier, it's an interested party. So they're putting stuff in, in, in some cases, because they're hoping to, to really put the property in the best light. So with floor plans and with Kubikasa's property data, you know, we think of this as a new property data layer that is ground truth. Essentially, you are getting a consistently calculated by a machine model uh, set of property data and visual layout that is always going to be calculated using the same approach and methodology, no matter who does the scan. And even if that scan is performed by, you know, an interested party to the transaction, they can't game or influence the results. So it's a totally new layer of property data, and we, we see it as hopefully playing a big role in the future of, of housing. I want to get a little meta here. And obviously, you've you've mentioned several of the benefits of Casa, but kind of generally speaking, how do you feel like you're helping make real estate markets or local real estate markets function more effectively? Well, I think first and foremost, it's about trust. Um, you know, agents often are perceived as as primarily motivated by just trying to get the sale done at the highest possible price. Um, and in some cases, that's great. That's good that that's their approach. They're doing what's right for their customer. Um, but, you know, if the agent's going to be seen as sort of this trusted advisor, and if by extension, the MLS that represents the agent is to be seen as this kind of epicenter of organized real estate, then having trustworthy data and valuable data in their in their MLS compilation is is way more important than just trying to maximize sale and maximize profit. So the the benefit is about trying to reinforce the the that the agent is a trusted advisor and that the MLS is there to serve the public, is there to do what's right to make the market function effectively. Um, you know, additionally, I think there's a lot of benefits. Um, to the appraisal process, to the mortgage process, if we're getting better data collected about properties up front. Um, you know, if you get really good data into the MLS or or collected by um, by the agent, that helps the appraiser do their job better, especially with the new desktop appraisals that that uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac launched uh, in uh, earlier in 2022. There's a floor plan requirement in those. So to do a desktop appraisal, you have to have a floor plan, um, and it, it needs to meet um, the appraisal standards. Um, and so getting that collected up front by the agent can help lead to a faster process on the mortgage side as well. At the risk of oversimplifying things here, how do you see this this space evolving and and your role in the space evolving? I mean, obviously digitization 
yeah, end to end in the mortgage origination process is something that's been talked about for a while, and companies are working towards that, working on uh, lowering the cost to originate loans. How do you see your role evolving in the space and and overall digitization kind of continuing to advance? I think it's about trying to take the digitized property data that this technology can produce um, and feeding it into more platforms so that it actually leads to significantly better outcomes for consumers. So, um, you know, I think we're just getting started on this journey with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac announcing the desktop appraisal. And, you know, if you collect the floor plan up front, you can get a a 48 hour appraisal instead of a (laughs) 48 day appraisal in some markets. Um, You know, that's a that's a big first step, but there's more we can do. Uh, the more of this uh, type of technology we get adopted, the more data that's collected up front, the more in the future it could lead to things like appraisal waivers or, um, you know, better home insurance quotes. Um, there's just there's just a lot that digitized property data can bring to the world. And we're, as an industry, just starting to uncover that. Um, but the key first is getting it adopted. And that's where kind of having the MLSs as partners is 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 critical for us. Then as a, as a quick follow-up uh, before I let you go, what have been the biggest hurdles you faced or reluctances of the community to accept uh, a product like this? Uh, trusting it. Um, and typically we're able to get past that pretty quickly once people start using it. But when you tell somebody that, hey, with the smartphone you have in your pocket, you can just walk around a house for five minutes and then you'll get back a reliable floor plan with property data is something that most people just don't trust <laughs> initially because they don't think it's possible. Uh, but then whenever people do it and try it, um, they come away feeling uh, you know a lot more confident. So I think it's just getting people comfortable and used to the idea, number one. Um, but then it's also raising awareness um, that it exists um, and that floor plans add value. Um, in the U.S., floor plans are still a niche product. Um, our estimate is about maybe 10 to 12% of listings in the U.S. have a floor plan on them today. Um, and so there's a lot of space to go up. Um, and we, like we said before, we know it's happened in other markets um, and we can do it here, but it's raising um, everybody's understanding here of like, what's the value of a floor plan on a listing and why you should do it. So that's where we're putting a lot of focus. Well said, Jeff, appreciate you making the time for me today. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. With inflation peaking at 9.1% in June and sliding since, a recession is now the number one economic concern going into 2023. Of course, A, the experts have been talking about a recession for over a year, and B, recessions lead to lower rates. When businesses make less money due to lower consumer spending, triggered by dwindling reserves, price pressures, and an aggressive Fed, companies lay off workers and more people are hesitant to spend. Weak expectations or prior overinvesting also factor into the equation, with many firms feeling that large swaths of the economy could or are already experiencing worsening macro forces and a series of unknown variables, such as war, the pandemic, energy prices, etc. There are signs that the three big world economies, the United States, Europe, and China, are all slowing down simultaneously. But the argument against a major recession is strong. Gross domestic product is non-negative, and most corporations haven't cut their profit forecasts. Hiring remains surprisingly robust, and the unemployment rate is sitting near historical lows at 3.7%. 
If that resilience holds up and inflation continues to cool down, soft landing could be in the making. The Fed also won't hike interest rates to the moon and has even begun to take its foot off the accelerator, which could mean that somewhat of a slowdown is in store, but not one that slams the brakes in the economy. And the rise in real income is likely to be the stronger force in 2023, along with supply chains being normal. We started off 2023 with a drop in rates, though the main drivers of sentiment and rates this week will be the ISM data and the jobs report on Friday. We're getting to the point where bad news, for example, slowing manufacturing and falling job numbers, can be interpreted as good news because it may eventually sway the Fed not to remain so hawkish with its monetary policy. Trading to open the air still faces heavy volatility amid economic uncertainty in the face of more central bank hikes. We learned yesterday that total construction spending increased 0.2% in November when it was expected to decline 0.4%, bolstered by soaring investment in electric vehicle and semiconductor manufacturing. However, residential investment declined for the sixth straight month as home builders struggle with higher financing costs and falling buyer demand. Higher interest rates are making construction projects more expensive to finance while also hampering broader economic activity. On a year-over-year basis, total construction spending was up 8.5%. Today's session features the December ISM Manufacturing Index, the Jolt's Job Openings Report for November, and the release of the FOMC Minutes for the December 13th and 14th meeting, all of which will impact expectations about the future path of the Fed's monetary policy. Today's economic calendar got going with two weeks' worth of mortgage applications from MBA. Mortgage applications decreased 13.2% from two weeks earlier, though the results include adjustments to account for the holidays. Later this morning, rings Red Book chain store sales. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by a quarter to three-eighths and the 10-year yielding 3.67 after closing yesterday at 3.78%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. One more Santa joke for you, then we'll bid adieu to the holidays. When four of Santa's elves got sick, the trainee elves did not produce toys as fast as the regular ones, and Santa began to feel the pre-Christmas pressure. Then, Mrs. Claus told Santa her mother was coming to visit, which stressed Santa even more. When he went to harness the reindeer, he found that three of them were about to give birth, and two others had jumped the fence and were out, heaven knows where. Then he began to load the sleigh. One of the floorboards cracked, the toy bag fell to the ground, and all the toys were scattered. Frustrated, Santa went in the house for a cup of apple cider and a shot of rum. When he went to the cupboard, he discovered the elves had drunk all the cider and hidden the liquor. In his frustration, he accidentally dropped the cider jug and it broke into hundreds of little glass pieces all over the kitchen floor. He went to get the broom and found the mice had eaten all the straw off the end of the broom. Just then, the doorbell rang. And an irritated Santa marched to the door, yanked it open, and there stood a little angel with a great big Christmas tree. The angel said very cheerfully, Merry Christmas, Santa. Isn't this a lovely day? I have a beautiful tree for you. Where would you like me to stick it? And so began the tradition of the little angel on top of the Christmas tree. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, MCT, and its hedge advisory. Comprehensive capital market software and services that empower secondary marketing performance. To learn more, visit mct-trading.com. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com.
Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.